the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Ring of Truth with our pastor and teacher, Dan Sexton, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Please join Pastor Dan as he teaches through God's Word. They got careless, and they got conquered. And again, the spiritual application for us is we always need to be watching. We always need to be vigilant. You know, it says in 1 Peter 5 that we're to watch because our adversary, the devil, like a roaring lion, prowls about seeking whom he may devour. You know, the devil's always looking for us to have our guard down so that he can attack and cause us to sin. Is your life characterized by laziness or vigilance? The devil wants nothing more than to distract you from following God by causing you to become sluggish and idle. This is exactly what happened to Babylon as Pastor Dan teaches today. The nation became careless in being watchful, and as a result, they were conquered. It's essential in your Christian walk to be vigilant in how you live each day, because your enemy will try and trip you up any way he can. Victory won't be yours unless you're continuously on guard against the schemes of the devil. And now, open your Bibles to the book of Isaiah, chapter 21, as we join Pastor Dan for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Isaiah 21 contains uh, three different burdens. Remember, we've been going through these, these burdens that the Lord laid upon Isaiah's heart for the different nations, uh, starting in chapter 13. Uh, and tonight, in chapter 21, there's uh, three different burdens. There's a burden against Babylon, a burden against Edom, and then a burden against Arabia. Uh, and remember, Isaiah wrote this letter to uh, the kingdom of Judah, the southern kingdom. He, he's not really writing to all these nations that he's speaking about. He's writing to Judah, and he's writing to the people of Judah to show them the folly of trusting in these other nations, to show them that these other nations are also going to be judged. There, there's no point in trusting them to, to save or rescue that they should trust in the Lord. The Lord is their only hope. All these other options would fail, so don't trust in them. Look to the Lord for your help and your protection. Uh, and so the first burden is for Babylon in verse 1. And Babylon is in modern-day Iraq. The city of Babylon uh, was about 59 miles southwest of Baghdad. Uh, and in verse 1, it says, "...the burden against the wilderness of the sea." And here, Isaiah calls Babylon the wilderness or the desert of the sea. The Babylonian Empire is called the desert of the sea because, uh, first of all, it's mostly desert. <laughs> and the Babylonian Empire had uh, 
several seas along its borders. Of course, if you remember during the Persian Gulf War One, Persian Gulf War Two, uh, when our soldiers were deployed to Iraq, they referred to it as going to the sandbox uh, because it was desert. It is desert. Uh, so the burden against the desert of the sea as whirlwinds in the south pass through, so it comes from the desert, from a terrible land. And Isaiah here, he describes the destruction of the Babylonian Empire, and he describes it as a whirlwind sweeping in from the south. In your Bible, that word south might be capitalized. It's referring to the Negev desert in in the southern part of Israel. Uh, The Babylonian Empire will be conquered by the Medo-Persian Empire. And when the Medo-Persian army comes into Babylon, they're going to sweep through Babylon like a dust storm sweeping across the Negev Desert. That's what it's going to look like. That's what Isaiah is describing here. The Negev is in the southern part of the kingdom of Judah. So when he describes the Medo-Persian army coming in like a dust storm across the Negev, This is something that is a familiar sight to the people that are living in Judah. They know what that looks like. Isaiah has this vision of the Medo-Persian army coming in, and it's like this dust storm coming across the desert into Babylon. In verse 2, it says, A distressing vision is declared to me. The treacherous dealer deals treacherously, and the plunderer Plunders. He's speaking of Babylon here. They, they dealt treacherously with the people of Judah. They plundered Judah. They carried the people of Judah away into captivity and made them slaves for 70 years. And so Isaiah says at the end of verse 2, Go up, O Elam, that's Persia. Besiege, O Media, the Medo-Persian Empire. All its sighing I have made to cease He calls upon the Medo-Persian Empire to go up and conquer Babylon. And he says here that, you know, once the the Medo-Persian Empire conquers Babylon, all the sighing that Babylon caused the children of Israel will cease. Uh, And we know that the Medo-Persian Empire, once they conquer Babylon, the Medo-Persian Empire under King Cyrus will allow the children of Israel to go back to Jerusalem, those that want to go, remnant, and rebuild Jerusalem and rebuild their temple to worship the Lord. And we've talked about this before, but remember, as Isaiah wrote this, Assyria, Assyria, was the world superpower. Babylon at this time was only a city in the Assyrian Empire. And the Medo-Persians were just nomadic tribes dwelling in tents in modern-day Iran. They weren't even really a nation at this point. But Isaiah, the prophet, he's given this vision. He's able to see prophetically the rise of the Babylonian Empire and then after that, the rise of the Medo-Persian Empire that conquers Babylon. He sees all of this down through the tunnel of history He sees it prophetically. The Lord reveals it to him. Uh, The Lord here, he shows Isaiah the suffering that would come upon uh, not only the people of Judah, but also upon Babylon as history unfolds in this vision that he sees. And in verse 3, Therefore my loins are filled with pain. 
pangs have taken hold of me like the pangs of a woman in labor. I was distressed when I heard it. I was dismayed when I saw it. My heart wavered. Fearfulness frightened me. The night for which I longed, he turned into fear for me. Isaiah is deeply troubled by this vision that he sees of what's to come in the world. He's in anguish. He describes himself as a woman in labor. He says his heart staggers. His mind is is reeling at what he sees. You know, the, the Lord showed him the suffering that would take place among the people of these nations, including the people of Judah. And he's overwhelmed by it, by the sight of it. He's in anguish. Uh, Much like the Apostle Paul um, in the book of Romans, when he speaks of his fellow Jews uh, in Romans chapter 9, there Paul says in Romans chapter 9, verse, verse 1, if I can get the page to turn, there we go. I tell the truth in Christ, I am not lying, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and continual grief in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my countrymen, his fellow Jews, according to the flesh, who are Israelites. He says, you know, I'm in great sorrow. I'm in continual grief in my heart. I'm in, I'm in anguish for my fellow Jews. That's the heart of Paul. That's the heart of Isaiah as he sees what will come upon these nations, what will lie ahead for them. That's the heart of the Lord. That's the heart of the Lord for the lost. It says in Ezekiel, the Lord does not take pleasure in the death of the wicked. It's not pleasing to him. He doesn't have joy or satisfaction in judging people or bringing judgment down upon a person or upon a nation you know, it says in 1 Timothy chapter 2 that God desires that all men be saved. In 2 Peter chapter 3, it says he's not willing that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance and salvation. That's God's heart. God's desire is that all would come to repentance. He's not willing that any would perish. And here you have whole nations that are going to perish. And Isaiah has the Lord's heart on this, where he's in anguish as he sees these things. He's heartbroken. The Lord's heart breaks when he has to judge people. There's there's no satisfaction in it. Verse 5 says, Prepare the table. Set a watchman in the tower. Eat and drink. Arise, you princes. Anoint the shield. And here he's referring to the actual fall of Babylon to the Medo-Persian Empire. Uh, This is described in Daniel chapter 5, if you're taking notes. Um, but if you know the story, the Babylonians, they, they had this great feast. They were drinking wine. They were getting drunk uh, when they should have been watching. They never thought anyone would attack them. Nobody would attack their city, not the great Babylonian empire. And what happened, though, is as they're having this big feast and this big celebration, uh, the Medo-Persian army came, and the Medo-Persian army uh, dammed up the Euphrates River so that the water would stop flowing into the city of Babylon. And once they dammed up the river, then they actually just entered into the city of Babylon through the dry riverbed of the Euphrates River. And they came into the city through the riverbed, 
and they conquered the city. And what he's saying here is, you know, they're having this big feast when they should have been watching. They should have set a watchman in the tower to watch for the enemy. They should have been anointing their shields. Uh, They would anoint their shields with oil or lard so that arrows that were shot would, would ricochet off of their shields. And here Isaiah is saying, you should have had a watchman in the tower. You should have been watching. For the enemy, you should have been anointing your shields. You should have been ready, watching and prepared. But instead they were feasting, partying and getting drunk. And as a result, they were conquered. Now, what does the Bible say to us? The New Testament. How often do you read in the New Testament that we're to watch? We're always to be vigilant. We're always to be watching. You know, Jesus told us that several times in the Gospels, to always be watching, always be ready, always be looking, always prepared. Matthew 24, verse 42, for example, Jesus says, Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. And the idea is we're to watch continually, to never let our guard down, to never get lazy or careless and are watching for the Lord to come, to always be ready. Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 6, says that we're to watch and be sober, to be sober-minded as we're waiting for the Lord to come. Uh, Luke chapter 12, in verse 42, it says, is Jesus speaking, And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward, whom his master will make ruler over his household? to give them their portion of food in due season. Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly, I say to you that he will make him ruler over all that he has. But if that servant says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming, and he begins to beat the male and female servants and to eat and to drink and be drunk, the master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him. And at an hour when he is not aware and will cut him in two and appoint his portion with the unbelievers. This is what Babylon did. Uh, They stopped watching. They stopped putting a watchman on the wall because they were Babylon. Who's going to come after us? Who's going to try to attack us? And they got careless. And they got conquered. And again, the spiritual application for us is we always need to be watching. We always need to be vigilant. You know, it says in 1 Peter 5 that we're to watch because our adversary, the devil, like a roaring lion, prowls about seeking whom he may devour. You know, the devil's always looking for us to have our guard down so that he can attack and cause us to sin. Back in Isaiah 21, verse 6, For thus has said, has the Lord said to me, Go set a watchman. Let him declare what he sees. The Lord told Isaiah to set a watchman. A watchman's job was to stand on the wall of the city and to watch for an approaching enemy and then sound an alarm to the people in the city when the enemy approaches and when the enemy is about to attack. That was the watchman's whole job was to just watch. And wait for the enemy and make the alarm to all the people. And the Lord tells Isaiah, go set a watchman and let him declare what he sees. And in the Old Testament, the prophets were the watchmen of Israel. 
Their job was to watch for the nation of Israel and then sound the alarm to warn the people that judgment was coming from God. That was their job. And it says in verse 7, And he saw a chariot with a pair of horsemen, a chariot of donkeys and a chariot of camels. Uh, The Medo-Persians used camels and donkeys. And he listened earnestly with great care. And then he cried, A lion, my Lord. The idea here is he cried like a lion. He cried out. He sounded the alarm. He sounded the warning to the people in the city. I stand continually on the watchtower in the daytime. I've set, sat at my post every night. The watchman, the prophet, has been faithful to stand watch. He's always at his post as a watchman on the wall. He's never failed. And so, you know, one of the things that, that the prophet is saying is that if the enemy comes and conquers the city, it's, it's not because I haven't warned them. I've done my job in warning them. Another passage for you, uh, Ezekiel 33, verse 2. Son of man, speak to the children of your people and say to them, when I bring the sword upon a land and the people of the land take a man from their territory and they make him their watchman, when he sees the sword coming upon the land, if he blows the trumpet and warns the people, Then whoever hears the sound of the trumpet and does not take warning, if the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be on his own head. And so if the watchman sounds the trumpet, sounds the alarm, and the people don't heed the warning, and the sword comes, their blood is on their own head. The prophets here, they're sounding the warning, and if the people don't heed the warning, it's their own fault. Their their blood is on their own head. And so here's the watchman on the wall. And look, here comes a chariot of men with a pair of horsemen. Then he answered and said, Babylon is fallen, is fallen. And all the carved images of her gods, he has broken to the ground. And so here he sees the fall of Babylon to the Medo-Persian Empire. This verse is also quoted in Revelation chapter 14 and Revelation chapter 18. If you want to turn to Revelation chapter 18, we'll look at that one. And here in Revelation uh, this, the last world system, the last uh, world commercial system is referred to as Babylon and, and it's going to be destroyed by the Lord Jesus Christ. And when it's destroyed, the world will be terrified and mourn at the fall of Babylon, but God's people will rejoice. Revelation chapter 18, verse 9. The kings of the earth who committed fornication and live luxuriously with her, with with this commercial Babylon, will weep and lament for her when they see the smoke of her burning, standing at a distance for fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour your judgment has come. And the merchants of the earth will weep and mourn over her. For no one buys their merchandise anymore. Merchandise of gold and of silver, precious stones and pearls, fine linen and purple, silk and scarlet, every kind of citron wood, every kind of object of ivory, every kind of object of most precious wood, bronze, iron and marble, and cinnamon and incense, fragrant oil, frankincense, wine and oil, fine flour and wheat, cattle and sheep, 
horses and chariots and bodies and souls of men. They also sold bodies and souls of men. The fruit that your soul longed for has gone from you. And all the things which are rich and splendid have gone from you. You shall find them no more at all. The merchants of these things who became rich by her, by this commercial Babylon that will be the world economy at the end of the age, will stand at a distance for fear of her torment, weeping and wailing and saying, Alas, alas, the great city that was clothed in fine linen, purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls. For in one hour such great riches came to nothing. Every shipmaster, all who travel by ship, sailors, and as many as trade on the sea, stood at a distance and cried out when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, What is like this great city? They threw dust on their heads, and they cried out, weeping and wailing, saying, Alas, alas, the great city! in which all who had ships on the sea became rich by her wealth, for in one hour she is made desolate. Now you have the the response of God's people to the fall of this Babylon. Rejoice over her, O heaven, and you holy apostles and prophets, for God has avenged you on her. And so here at the end of the age, you're going to have this Babylonian system in place that's going to collapse And all of the world's economy that's tied to it is going to collapse. And the whole world is going to mourn at the fall of this Babylon, except for the people of God. So back in Isaiah chapter 21, verse 10, On my threshing and the grain of my floor, that which I have heard from the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I have declared to you. Uh, Isaiah speaks to the children of Israel here, and he describes them as the grain on his threshing floor. The nation of Israel has been threshed uh, by the Lord. God used Assyria and then Babylon to thresh them, to, to separate the grain from the chaff or the wheat from the chaff in that nation, uh, the true believers from the false. And then he goes on here. Verse 11, now we have the, the burden against Edom. It says... Uh, the burden against Duma, which is another name for Edom. It's also called Idumea. Herod the Great was an Idumean. He was from Edom. You know, Herod the Great that tried to kill the baby Jesus when the baby was born. He killed all the children, the young males in Bethlehem. He asked me how I know, and I say, been true. We're so glad you joined us today for Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. If you missed any part of this message or would like to hear additional teachings from this series, they're available to you for free at calvaryec.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. That way you will have access to each message as soon as it's made available online. That website again is calvaryec.com. If you live in the Baltimore, Washington area, we'd love for you to worship with us this Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. Calvary Chapel is located in Columbia, Maryland, only minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. For more information on what you can expect when you visit, go to calvaryec.com or give us a call. We can be reached at 410-491-4592. Again, that phone number is 410-491-4592. 
We look forward to you joining us as our guests. And please, take a moment to introduce yourself to Pastor Dan after the service and let him know you listen to Ring of Truth. With that, our time with you has come to an end today on Ring of Truth. Join Pastor Dan next time for more from this verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter study of the book of Isaiah, right here on Ring of Truth. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.